morning, wherever you are today. This is SWFL Talk, because I'm sure someone will freaking listen. I am your host, Brody Mays, here with my co-host today, Nisi Green. Nisi, say hi. Hello. Hey, Brody. Hey, long time. Long time no talk. <laughs> but too long. Too long. Too long. So it's been a minute, a lot of things have happened, but in today's episode, we're just going to clear the air, clear out all the dirty laundry before we continue this season two of fun, full episodes of conspiracy theories um, and just whatever else is on our mind, uh, spirituality and so forth, being a better person, you name it. It's all on season two. So... Today, we're just clearing the air, and Nisi and I were having a discussion about this on what to talk about. We had a lot of ideas, a lot of topics, episode ideas, uh, but one that came to mind that really hit close to home, especially within these past couple of days, has been just general pet peeves. General pet peeves, things that just get on your last freaking nerve. And I I, I know between us both, we have them. And, and do you ever sometimes when something happens to you, it, it just seems like you ask yourself, am I the only normal person in the world? <laughs> yes. Am I the only one, Nisi? That's my whole thing right there. It's like, okay, maybe I'm crazy <laughs> because... Mm-hmm. This to me is just seems so out of pocket and I, I won't go into you know specifics. We'll get into that in just a second. And then you know what also gets on my nerves too is when you listen to these podcasts and they always gotta do they always gotta do that whole introductory thing before they actually get to it. So I'm probably a hypocrite right now because we've said a bunch. And I'm like, yeah, 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 get to the point, get to the point, get to the story. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, like, for example, you know, you know what's one that gets on my nerves? Like, say if I'm looking up a video on YouTube, right? If I'm looking up a video and someone, like, say it's something, oh, I don't know, how to, co- uh, how to cook a, uh, a dessert, like a specific dessert. Let's say a cheesecake. So then you get the person on there and... Hi, I'm here today to tell you how to make a cheesecake. Uh, I had a little technical difficulty earlier, and then I had to take my kid to school. I don't need to hear all that. Just get to the cheesecake. Or they'll be like, back in 1982, I wanted a cheesecake. It's like, I don't care. (laughs) Just show me how to make the bitch. Just show me how to make the thing. Just show me how to make the cake, anime. Show me how to make the cake. By the way, listeners, there's no script. There's no script. So, um, yeah. That, that Make was the <laughs> You know, another pet peeve since we're on the techno- technological or um, technology thing conversation. The other thing that really uh, chaps my ass is how when you go on YouTube now, I don't know if you've noticed this, but just about any video you click on. It used to be you just had to watch one ad and you could bypass it after five seconds. They make you watch an elongated ad that that lasts for like two minutes. And then they pop up another ad that you actually can't hit skip 
until it's been 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. I just, it just gets on my nerves. Yep, you actually um, reached into one of my pet peeves, which is ads. <laughs> you know, it's like YouTube is the, I think maybe like the biggest offender, if you will. It's like, mm-hmm. I go to YouTube, the video itself isn't even a minute long. I mean, by the time I read the description and watch the ad, I've spent more time than I'm going to even spend on the video. And you already know once you start watching it, it's some amateur on there. So it's going to take them a good 30 seconds to God only knows five minutes before they actually get on topic. You know what I'm saying? Like they always get off topic by telling me I had a technical difficulty earlier and um, blah, blah. I don't need to hear all that. I don't need to hear all that. Just get to the point. Bake the cake. <laughs> Tell me how to bake this cake. It's, yep. It's tiresome. And um, like, oh, I mean, it's it, 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 kind of off subject, but it, you know, kind of goes back to our whole conversation about pet peeves. But, you know, I went to TJ Maxx earlier. I need to get some more underwear because I've been complaining about not having enough underwear. I don't know where they disappear to. It's like socks. I don't <laughs> know if the dryer's sucking them up or what. That's a pet peeve too. Um, but when I was at TJ Maxx, they asked me, would you like to donate around your change to support someone with diabetes? And I looked at the guy and I said, no, I do not. And I looked at him very strongly because you're not going to make me feel bad for not donating a dollar, okay? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure your checking account looks just like mine. Surprise! Yeah, I'm sure it looks just like mine. I'm barely getting by, man, and you got a big corporation <laughs> like TJ Maxx. I'm thinking, how come you can't just reach into your pocket and give to the diabetic people out there? Why do I got to do it? For your tax purposes, why do I have to do it? I'm struggling. No. I don't even go to the doctor, okay? So, no. Can't afford it. If I can't go to the doctor, why am I going to support someone else going to the doctor? No. But just just let the higher-up people in the company, you know, write a check for a million dollars and be done with it and leave us alone. Like, we're we're already keeping you afloat by being a customer. (laughs) And you know, another pet peeve of mine, and I still got to do this because, you know, my partner helped me get a vehicle. I have a truck now. And when we were at, I won't say what dealership, but it was a GMC. So GMC Buick. I won't say where, but they were, he got home the other day and he said, you know, their manager was really on top of their asses about getting, um, getting reviews. Okay. And I understand this is someone coming from someone higher up that's dogging him. Now he's got to dog everybody. But where I do have a problem with it, stop forcing people to do shit they don't want to fucking do. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like now I got this anxiety to fill out this this uh, review. And it's like, yes, I'm grateful that they helped me out and everything. But, you know, I don't want to feel that. I, I mean, I'll do it, but at my leisure. Don't make me feel pressured this second to have to do it. And you know, well, at the end of the day, yeah, like at the end of the day, it's the, it's the pressure. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, um, 
like I said just a, a few moments ago regarding, you know, TJ Maxx and the donations, I'm already keeping your company afloat by simply giving you my business. You know, as, as a customer, you're supposed to give me good customer service. And now that you have simply done your job, after I've bought this truck and you're getting commission off of it, now I have to go above and beyond to make sure that your brand has a good record. Like, why don't you put that energy into impressing me enough to naturally do that on my own? Yeah. And another pet peeve of mine, too. Why can't we live in a country where when I see the price of something, I don't have to calculate tax in my head. The price I see is the price it is. No add-ons. Or, or if we have to calculate taxes, why don't y'all teach us how to do that in the 12 years y'all have us in school? We're really getting into our deepest pet peeves. So I'm yeah. getting mm-hmm. one for me is not being taught what I need to know. And, and I, I know 1000% Brody, that you meet me with, you know, on, on this, yeah, that, that, that we're the same on this, that you have literally 13 years, including kindergarten, of time with us to teach us what we need to know about real, regular, everyday adult life, and you don't do it. So talk about pet peeves, because that's one for me, <laughs> you know. I mean, I feel like that they should even teach a class called... Um something along the lines like calling a class uh maybe call it something like alternative methods meaning let's say you have a dream to be a specific thing and you go and you and you know you you take this class with a group of people that all want to do different things within you know various different fields something niche i think i think what it what's important let's say you want to be a mechanic okay there's an art to being a mechanic, you know, um, but I think you also, I think I've always said this. I think passion evolves into talent because you have to have a passion before talent can ever take effect. And That's actually very deep. Yeah, I like I mean, that. You really passion do. Passion evolves into talent. That's, that's very deep. Because there's no way you're going to understand something if you don't have a passion for it, just like a doctor. Um, you know, I, I just feel that they should teach you in school that if it doesn't work out specifically becoming a mechanic, you can work in parts, you can work as a car salesman, like showing you all the other different job descriptions there are within that field, because it's evident that you like automotives. This is what we can do for you. And to be very clear on how life doesn't turn out necessarily the way you want or the way it should or the way you perceive it should, okay? They should teach a course on alternative, you know, things that you can do within that field, you know? And, you know, and another pet peeve of mine, I would say too, and I know you're going to be with me on this one. I cannot stand that phrase, work hard, play hard. How about I mm. work... How about I work less and just play my little ass off? Work Yeah, less. how about how about work less, play more? Yeah, work less and play more. And it's almost like as an American, if you don't show some blood, Ooh. sweat, and tears and you don't brag about it, 
then you're nothing. But guess what? I guess I'm nothing because shit, y'all can go on and do that. I'm going to be over here sitting down. And in America, you can't even be out of a job, let alone homeless and a term that I very recently come across that I prefer more, which is houseless. Um, But in, in America, you can't even be out of a job, let alone houseless, without it just being sort of like the collective assumption that, oh, well, you just don't want to work. You know? Yeah, because another pet peeve of mine, um, Elon Musk said it. He said, now, there are certain things that I like about Elon. I really do. Like some of his technical advances and some of his philosophies on life, I really do like the man. So I'm not sitting here just dogging him completely. But he made a comment about um, how population meaning the human race will die off if we don't start procreating because he said there has been a decline a significant decline like a like a generational gap of people not having babies right away they're waiting or they're just not having them he goes you know and he kind of joked he goes you know and i'm doing my part (laughs) you know and it's like well yeah (laughs) you got billions of dollars maybe people are more financially aware whereas you're out of touch Elon with your billions of dollars because it costs money to have a fucking kid not everybody can afford to do so and then yet you're the same type of people the same type of group that bitch about people on welfare and you're the same type of people that want people not to have an abortion but you ain't <gasps> gonna help them, but you're not going to help them raise the damn child my word so this is Oof. where people eat their own words they eat their own words they eat their own words because people like the elon musks of the world that say why aren't you having babies uh well you know you big businesses are the cause of inflation so how about a raise the thing is is you and i were you and i were talking last night about this you and i were talking last night about this and you had said something that i had actually always said i never really knew that you thought this but you think about all the middle class, lower middle, all just blue collar workers in general, blue collar jobs. If we all got together and did not go to work the entire week, nor did we purchase anything the entire week. Oh, these wealthy billionaire business people would just, they, they would just drive themselves ragged, just trying to find a solution. And, and that's why. Honestly, Nisi, I love this whole movement that is happening and I am in full support. You know what? I went to the grocery store right before the ice storm uh, last week uh, before it happened. And I noticed a lot of the milk was all sold out. And, And there was a lot of other things that were sold out that were on my grocery list. And I had to make do or substitute or do something. And it is frustrating, mind you. It is frustrating. But I am in full support of the shortage of workers. Why? Because these are people that are saying we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it any longer. Because I know that there's conspiracies out there. Rather you think right or you think left. We all have a conspiracy about COVID. We do. I mean, we know it's real, right? But let's just say hypothetically that theory is right. That COVID was a government regulated thing. I mean, not that COVID was made up. COVID's always been here. 
but it's only lately that it's mutated into humans. So COVID, yes, has always been here. But my point is, let's just say we're right about the theory of government putting it out there. Maybe it was for population control. Who knows? But you know the part I like the best about it? COVID, when we went on lockdown, was actually a blessing in disguise. It was a blessing in disguise because people were getting paid more to sit at home than to go to work. And then you got these people, another pet peeve, you got these people out there that'll say, well, they told me to come back to work, so I went back to work. I like going to work. I don't know what it is with all these deadbeats. I said, uh, these deadbeats are tired. That's what's wrong. These deadbeats are overworked, tired. They deserve to sit on the sideline because you know what? I had no problem telling my boss. I'm like, no, I'm not ready to come back. I'm going to wait out this 600 plus from unemployment before I come back. So I'm sorry. You know what? Government cheats us. Cheat the government. Cheat your Uncle Sam. Fuck Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam had said one, has not said one or done one good thing for me. Cheat his ass. He's dead anyway. You know what? And if I can just interject here. Uh-huh. Uh, to your point about, you know, folks being paid more to stay home than go to work. The people that refer to them as, oh, you know, and and and, and I said this a little earlier um, in the episode, and, and I said it during our uh, phone conversation last night, you know, to the folks who just stereotype these people, oh, you're just lazy. Okay, maybe what they're being paid, maybe what they're earning it's not enough for them to risk their life mm-hmm. and or risk getting this life-threatening disease that then your raggedy health coverage, if they can even afford to have the premium taken out of their already minimum wage check, covers. In other words, maybe this person, they're not saying, oh, well, I just make more money sending home. Maybe what they're saying is, you're not paying me enough to risk my life. Yep. Take this McDonald's, Burger King, Chili's, or whatever the, and not to just name brands, but you and I both know that what folks are paid the so-called minimum wage, and when you are in the food service industry, it's even less. Maybe what they are being paid and the paltry healthcare coverage that they're being offered it's just simply not enough for them to risk their life to come to work every day. Like, did you ever think of that? And you know, you can't win for losing. You can't win for losing with these people. I'm going to tell you why you can't win for losing with these rich people and these major corporations. Because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Going back to the whole Elon Musk <laughs> comment and everything, it's like, well, we don't want to, we, we don't want abortion, ban abortion, pro life, all of that. Oh my God! Look, we're having to pay oh, until they're born. Work, but we're having to pay out all these taxes because this person over here is getting welfare because they can't get a good job or they can't get a decent paying job. It's like, well, isn't that kind of an oxymoron thing to say? You're bitching about paying into welfare, and and not to mention, I've heard people say this before: people just popping out kids left and right. Well, you're also the ones that are standing there on the uh, on the sideline picketing, saying don't go in there, don't get an abortion and pass in these laws to make it harder for women to go and get an abortion. You know, it's like, put yourself in the woman's shoes. 
you know, even if you are a woman that's pro-life, let me give you a little something to think about. It's not like the woman went out there and got pregnant and thought, oh, well, I'll just go get an abortion. No, because I have met many women that were my friends that have talked to me. And you can tell there was a hesitation because they didn't want to give it up. They, they truly did not want to give it up, but they, they were not thinking about just themselves, but what kind of life the baby would live as well. Mm. Because they were, they were struggling. So no, it's not just a, oh, I fucked and I got pregnant. Better go get rid of it. It's not like that. Sometimes it's, it's um, what's the word? Sometimes it's selflessness, right? Like, yes. what kind of a life would I be able to offer this child? This is not fair to them. When you know you're barely staying afloat yourself. Or when you know that the, and, and speaking, when you know that the father is worthless. Yeah. And you know ahead of time and in enough time to do something about it. And then um, I did want to also mention this um, just kind of in response to what you said. The folks that are, you know, wealthy, well off or whatever, or have any type of privilege, right? You know, y'all pop out babies too. The only difference being that you're not stressed out about how to provide for them because you have access to all the best resources available. So when you do pop out a child, it's easy. But when one of these folks pops out a child, it's going to be hard. Think about someone who has hopes of going to college and getting a degree so that they can, you know, buying into, and I don't mean to derail, you know, but buying into, the, you know, everything that was like fed to us, you know, um, oh, go to college, get a degree, you're going to be successful, you're going to be whatever, you don't want to, you know, have to have whatever, you know, dead end job. And then that person finds out they're pregnant. Okay, well, what do you want them to do? If they have the baby, you're going to rail against them for being on welfare, even though the welfare is necessary, because all they can go out and find is a minimum wage job. Yeah. And then when they wanted to get an abortion, you're going to judge them on that too? They can't win. They can't you know win. I mean? They cannot win. You know, and, it, and my dad and I would get in like some heated debates over this subject because um, we have a cousin <clears throat> that lives uh, probably about an hour, hour and a half outside of Dallas going south and um, he got a girl pregnant you know, they were together and they were going to tie the knot but they decided not to so, and I'll tell you why here in a second so my dad and I go over there and we're visiting with my Aunt Margie um, that's his sister and his uh, sister says, oh, she says it casually, right? She's like, oh, well, they were going to get married as they would cut off her $600 that she gets for assistance because she's a single mom. But they're living in the same house. So my dad got mad about that. And I said, but you know something? If the tables were turned and you were financially strapped, you would do the same thing too. And don't deny it. If you needed to find a way to cut a corner, you would take it. 
like that that's the part that i don't understand is that every little bit counts you don't think for a second our government has created this illusion that we're free you don't think our government has created this illusion that we're not slaves we have equal right yeah i mean sure you can run your mouth and say whatever the hell you want but it seems like in 2022 even that's becoming more censored So you well, think about all the things that the government has done to us when we went to go fight a war in Vietnam. Why? We had segregation going on here. Whoops. Same thing, nice. different name. All I'm saying is, is that think about even the war, like even with Russia and Ukraine right now. The only reason our asses would get involved is for money. That's the only reason. So think about it. Your country is sending you off to war so they can get richer. Screw your ass. That's what they're telling you. Screw <laughs> you. Because think about it. I'm all for our troops. I support our troops 100%. Because you know what? I honestly believe that you should be treated better than a doctor that has been brought over from overseas and getting a free ride from your tax dollars. Well. Think about it. Because what? Oh, doing, I have. Because think about I it. I am and I think, have. No, no, no. Think about it. The U.S. is a one big timeshare. Because the idea is to keep the rich that are already here, here, but keep us blue collar workers that are the pulse of this country that keep it running and going, keep us at minimum wage, take all our shit away, but give us enough freedom to where we don't stop to question. That's why you got things like technology, uh, this idea that you need and need to possess certain things. It's all an illusion. It's to keep you in the rat race. It's to keep you in the rat race, to keep you in the maze, constantly searching, just searching for a way out. You're never going to find it because all the walls are built. All the walls are built. And like I was going back with the troops, for example, they should be treated. And they, and even when it comes to pay, if you're in the army, Marines, Navy, uh, National Guard, you know, all the you know i'm bad with army all of it all of branches it. branches all the branches thank you all the branches you should get a free ride because my hat does go off to you because you think you're fighting for our freedom when in reality you're fighting for the rich man to get richer and all you get when you come back from fighting after having uh ptsd all you is a get and an attaboy. Huh? A, a pat on the back and an attaboy. Oh, and then a free cut in the airport line. Hmm. That's a that's it. Trash. And you get ten or twenty percent depending on participating retailers. Well, I'm gonna um if I can just interject here, I'm yeah. going to really blow your mind uh with regard to something that you just uh, uh, you just previously said um, this is something that I came across and ever since I came across it you know how they say once you see it you can't unsee it Yep. ever since I came across this I have not been able to unthink it is why would anyone expect a country to not uh, basically pay pay their workers as little as possible 
and treat them as horribly as possible in a country that was built on free labor. In other words, America was built on the back of slaves. So you got to understand that if these corporations, these companies, these CEOs, whatever they are, if they could literally pay you nothing, they would. So why are we surprised that we have not addressed the minimum wage for 60 years? You know, if I can interject, um, the thing that kills me the most about what you just said is, you know, it's like you don't know if you should be madder at government or equally as mad as mad at government as you are just regular everyday Americans because voters that can vote because nobody. Oh, well, here's my thing about voting. Now, I'll still vote. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't vote. But let's face it. Some elections are rigged. Depending on who's running and someone that needs an agenda, if it's going to even remotely come close to hurting the wealthy of the wealthiest, they ain't getting in. Why hasn't Bernie Sanders been president? Just saying. Just saying. He had more of a shot than Obama, but see, Bernie was very much a socialist. Outspoken. Yeah. Agreed. And he didn't get the funding. He didn't get the fu- He made his own funding. He got his own funding. That's who should have been president. And you can sit here all day long and debate with me that socialism is bad socialism leads to communism you can sit here all day but 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 hear me out on one thing how is capitalism not the same as communism how is it not for the, for the rich exactly that's what i'm saying how is it not and it, and it goes back to what you were and it, and it goes quote there's a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. He literally said that he said that capitalism is communism for the wealthy. Where they get to wreak all the benefits of socialism. Mm-hmm. And where I, and where I see where this is communism is the fact that once you have achieved such wealth that you don't even have to budget anything anymore at that point, right? Once you've gotten to that type of wealth and there's multiple people that think just like you do, you know what I mean? Like have the same, let's just say right wing, right right wing ideas, right? That you do. Because have you noticed that about the most wealthiest of wealthiest people? They're very, I mean, not saying that there aren't left ones, but I'm saying there's more right than there are left. And as long as we have those wealthy people, we're never going to achieve success because I can guarantee you, here's my other thing. You see all these politicians, rather they vote red, rather they vote blue. It doesn't mean a thing. They're all friends. They all talk to one another. That's why I don't believe anything I read no longer. I no longer stand for the left and I'm sure as hell not gonna stand for the right because let me tell you something. Have you ever noticed on social media, this is a pet peeve of mine, actually. 
You ever notice on social media where someone will say something uh, and, and it's political, right? But then another person will come on there and say, well, that's wrong. It's actually this. But then that person will come back with a comeback. Where are they finding this information? My point is, you can go on Google and find any and everything you possibly can that will accommodate your belief system. To the point, which is what I'm telling you, you don't know what's real anymore. We really need to create up a create a plan, a whole different party. I guess you could say a lobbyist group for us poor middle class people. Mm-hmm. Hell, maybe even I had this idea one time. I'm like, why not just start up our own bank? It's the People's Bank. And now I know they say credit union is that way, but I ain't buying that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know that maybe way, when it started, you know, almost like a, an almost like a big gigantic union, but it's the entire middle class human race. To the point where we can, to the point where we can all benefit from it whenever we need to. Yeah. Like basically, in other words, you know, and 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like if I could, um, kind of like interpret your idea, you know, we all work and we pay taxes, and then our tax money gets spent on whatever these mostly corrupt people decide to spend it on so what if instead all of our money went to a place and then instead of this fake American you know uh, democratic concept there was a real concept and it was like everyone puts their money in here and anytime one of you not a corporation not the military not the very well off but every time one of you something it's here Mm -hmm. I agree because the amount of you know since we're talking about pet peeves I have a ton well, you go ahead because I think I, mine were all political. You go ahead. I'll chime in. <laughs> okay. Well, no pressure. Uh, I guess my first one is going to be a little political, but if I hear one more person who is supposedly Republican or conservative or right wing, whatever the heck they're calling themselves these days, um, Candace Owens. If one more person says, like, oh my God, okay, that's another episode. Candace Owens is her own episode altogether. Stay tuned. SWFL. Um, but if if one more person says, oh, my tax dollars aren't going to pay somebody's welfare, I'm going to tell them, you darn right it's not. It's absolutely, your tax dollars are going into either the big wigs of the corporations that are actually controlling our so-called elected, elected officials is either going to their pocket or it's going to the military. But the fact that you think that your tax dollars are just have a, 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 a do not pass go, you know, a, a 
freeway into somebody's you know pocket who's on welfare that's absolutely not happening and so it's just so crazy to me my my, my whole point here and my whole pet peeve here is the fact that so many people's mentalities are so skewed that you actually think that your tax dollars are for the most part making their way into somebody on welfare's pocket i mean that's that's ignorance honestly if you ask me that person is ignorant your stuff is going to elected officials and the military and not to mention the big corporations that have those politicians in their pocket look at a pie chart educate yourself mm-hmm. there was one while you continue I was just going to look it up real quick because I remember last night I was telling you about that wealthy elite group in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see if I can find it because I just want to at least mention their name and then you listeners can go and, you know, draw your own conclusions. What was your second pet peeve? Oh, I have um, a plethora, but if I have to just get into one other one, one of my biggest pet peeves in the world is um, passive aggressiveness. Regardless of who the individual is, if someone has a bone to pick with me, any beef or any kind of a reservation question or concern with or for me I would 1000% rather they bring it to me than either taking it to somebody else or just holding it in I'm the type of person that I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel about you in the moment good bad ugly or indifferent and that way we can figure it out because frankly at the end of the day regardless of and and i'm being very frank about this regardless of the dynamics of that relationship if you have a big enough problem with me we can really just part ways like we can literally go our merry way from each other So please do me a favor and if you don't like me or something about me, tell me. And if we don't come to an, uh, a place of reconciliation, at the very least we can come to a place of understanding of why we don't fool with each other anymore. And I would rather that. But don't sit up and have a fake relationship with me. If it's something you don't like, just tell me because I don't have the time. There's nothing worse than a than something that's not genuine. You know what else gets on my nerves is when, you know, you, you meet someone at work and yes, this did just recently happen to me. Uh, had a manager that probably was the most open and friendliest person, you know, gave me her cell phone and everything, invited me to a barbecue at her place before I had even started. 
So I knew I was going to like her. And I did. I did like her all the way up until she left because I was like, let's keep in touch, blah, blah, blah. I reached out. She maybe texted me a couple times and that's it. And I texted her the other day about something. And it's like, you know, so much for keeping in contact. Like I'm chopped liver now. It's like, I, I mm. wish people had more mindfulness of thinking and choosing their words carefully. And that's exactly what I mean, is folks being fake. Like, if we are, in other words, for me, there's a very distinct difference between being friends, friends who are coworkers, and friendly coworkers. If we are just simply friendly and cordial coworkers, just say that. Like, you're not going to hurt... And actually, this is a a comment or a phrase that I probably said to myself more than anybody else. You're not going to hurt my feelings telling me how you really feel. But if you're fake toward me, you will piss me off. Like, there's a difference between me having my feelings hurt and me being just pissed off at you because she tried to lie or, or or be fake. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Let's say I have these... Um, I thought I would see the name of the group. I, I, I just assumed that once I saw it, I would remember the name, okay? But it was on the History Channel. That much I do know. This is actually on, from the uh, History Channel website. Uh, the five biggest elite groups, secluded elite groups of the richest people and most powerful people in the world. We're talking about from the Rothschilds, which are the wealthiest people in the entire world, the Rothschilds. You know what their network their net worth is? $400 billion. That shouldn't even be allowed. No, it should not be allowed. That's a pet peeve too. Stop hoarding all the wealth. I really do believe there should be a cutoff of wealth. Once you hit that five or 10 million mark, I think anything after that should be donated. And let me tell you why. Five to $10 million will last you and make you, will last you your lifetime and your kid's lifetime if it's spent correctly. Because let's face it, a lot of the things, you can still go and take trips, but what's the purpose of staying at a hotel where it's 25,000, I'm not even kidding you, 25,000 a night. Am I paying to own this room? Can I, um, can, can I blow your mind with something? What's that? That amount you're talking about, that five to 10 million. I totally agree, but, but here's the thing. Maybe somewhere in the past, definitely in your, in my lifetime, five to $10 million would have been enough for a well-off person to live off of and their children to live off of. But here is what happens. Here is the, in my opinion, here is the dangerous domino effect of not putting a cap on wealth is that the very wealthy do things that are very expensive and eventually giving enough time other folks reach that level so then they have to push the bar out further and we can just to kind of focus it in because this happens across 
circumstances, but let's just focus on school, for example. School cost tuitions, the 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 overall total price tag on say like the average bachelor's degree today is ridiculous compared to what it used to be. But we have allowed it to get there because we never capped anyone's income. And so what they keep doing is they keep chasing the more expensive because they are obsessed with uh, differentiating themselves from us. So let's say you and me, for example, not saying that this is necessarily true, but let's say you and me, for example, could afford to purchase a $300,000 home. Well, in the 50s, that would make us millionaires. That would make us elite. Be, I mean, beyond elite, like the 1%. I get where you're going with this, yes. But, this- today, but today, that just makes us average. Meanwhile, minimum wage hasn't moved. It's still at the starting line. See what I mean? That was just kind of to, 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 to kind of blow your mind a little bit because what you said was so on point and I just wanted to take it just a little bit further and show what the what the long-term effects are, what the domino effect is. That yes, because we have chosen as a collective or whatever, not really a collective, but as a, as a country and elected officials to not uh, 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 cap wealth that now the bar can just continue to move further and further away from the average hardworking American to the point where it's beyond their grasp, which is what y'all clearly really want. And you know what I also theorized with this whole COVID deal? And I don't know if this might have been part of the American agenda or it got implemented somewhere during this whole process. But you know how school has been a struggle these past three, two almost three years now right um as far as you know finishing completing going to school then someone gets covid then school shut down you know, you know what i'm saying like it, it, school has just been in limbo these past two three years okay yep and there was um i say a thing because i don't know if i saw it on tv or if i read it somewhere or what but I could have seen it multiple times, but they're saying that they're allowing the parents to graduate their child, meaning if they feel that their kid deserves to go to the next grade, they will permit them to go to the next grade, to the next level. And where I think that that's a bit dangerous is I'm a parent. I don't know. You're the teacher. You're the educators. You tell me, is my child qualified to move forward? Because if not, we do need to hold them back because what's scary is they're going to be so far behind that they can't even get through the next grade. So then they're even further behind. What I initially think is going to happen, and I had a dream about this, and you know, I've been getting in touch a lot with my spirituality and you know where we're going as a race, as a human race, uh, meaning after this life and where we went before this life, you know how I'm all into that. that reincarnation and 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 life living and all of that so i had this dream this is what makes me think this is real i had this dream and i was asking this kid about his school and he was in a uniform they were all in uniform 
but then Moksh and Hilda were in a dream. And for those that don't know, that's niece and nephew that's living with us currently. But they go to school locally, so I have a really good idea the struggles that even they are going through right now. And one thing I will tell you is, I'm convinced, you know, earlier I had talked about America being one big timeshare because, you know, they want to dumb us down so that way they can get, you know, India over, you know, just in the continent of Asia uh, and even Europe, uh, Africa, all of it. They let them do all the dirty work. What I mean, dirty work as in the hard work, the studying, the prepping, the, the money that the country invests in their education, okay? So what America does is dumb us down and what they're going to do is sell a timeshare to one of these people getting ready to graduate from their uh, with with their doctorates and bringing them over here for a free ride at our expense. That's what I theorize. And what they're doing mm -hmm. now take it even further. I believe public schools are going to be obsolete. I believe it's going to be more about paying from the education from the very beginning, from the get-go. Going back to a time where we separated farmers from actual workers. If the folks that are in power have anything to say about it, in my opinion, that is exactly what's going to happen. Let me tell you why it's so dangerous to have a right and a left, to have a Democratic Party and to have a Republican Party. Let me tell you why it's dangerous. They're doing exactly what they want. They're dividing them. This was the agenda all along, but they had to spread it out to make it believable. They had to do enough to where there was a couple generations in where it's like, oh yeah, we have parties, where it's just kind of the norm. But what they're doing is they're swinging their sword around because that's what parties are. It's a double-edged sword. It's cuts and swings both ways. And so what they're eradicating now are our schools. You know, because think about how these parents are going to be so pissed off with, with pronouns. Um, critical you know, race theory. Critical race theory. That's uh, the episode. We're, we're actually going to combine that yeah. with the Owen episode. For those but of I, you listening, if you know, you know. <laughs> but I, th I think what they're doing is, and, and, and mind you, I'm all about teaching kids about, you know, uh, um, why do I want to say systematic racism? Um, critical race I'm all about I'm all about them being taught that because to tell you the truth when I went to university and I learned history for what it was like the real god-awful truth of history the blood and gore of the Indians our Native American people I thought to myself you had no problem telling us about other wars and killing other people but when it was on our soil well our our alleged soil you led us to believe that they harvest and therefore Thanksgiving was born. It was bullshit. Bullshit. And hell, I forgot where I was going with this, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, we got off onto a good subject and, and like I said a moment ago, uh, this definitely deserves its own episode, but we're talking about pet peeves and critical race theory. And I mean, there's oh. no such thing as critical race theory. It's just, it's history, it's facts, you know? Well, I, but there's a reason that they don't want us to know. I'm going to tell you what it is, because have you noticed, like, 
yes, you and I are for that teaching, but I think what they're doing now in these school systems, they're letting us left-wing people do exactly what we want because what's going to happen is you got a lot of right-wing people and you know, we're just like sheep because we flock, okay? It doesn't matter what race you are, we flock. So once we start seeing these right-wing people going to another school where it seems like they're actually getting a leg up in the world, you, you see where I'm going with this? It's going to yeah, be we start where, following start following their uh their gonna, their they're yeah. diminishing they're diminishing public school systems by allowing us to actually teach it for what it is. But it still be debatable because it's going to get to a, a to a point where all right people which you know there's a mass amount of them a good amount of them and I would even say left people that are on the cusp of certain behaviors that are more right wing so once you get all those mm. people you're going to have no choice because the school system at that point will suck you're not going to well, get a I'll just say this, you know, um, and granted, um, I am speaking as a generality. I'm not speaking as uh, to each and every individual. So uh, granted, to be fair, we do uh, open, welcome, uh, accept and anticipate your feedback. But that being said, before you get feedback on this, I want to be clear. I'm not speaking to each and every individual. I'm just speaking as a generality. Um, right-wing folks that I've seen, you know, if they had it their way, their children would never learn more than what they know. Whereas left-wing folks, generally, what I've seen, they hope and they anticipate that their children will learn more than what they know so that they can then foster a better world. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, but one thing here, this was from the History Channel. Um, these are the five top elite groups in the entire world. And some of these, a lot of you, rather you've read into it or not, will probably recognize some of the names here. So I'm going to go ahead with why does this say number two? Where's number one? Hold on. Hold on. Okay, for whatever reason, it says number two and there's no number one. So I don't know what's up with that. But anyway, I'm not an educator, so. Uh, <laughs> the Freemasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Freemasons loom large in American history. After all, 13 of the 39 men who signed the U.S. Constitution were Masons. Founding fathers like George Washington, James Monroe, Benjamin Franklin, John Hancock, and Paul Revere all counted themselves as members of the Fraternal Order. But who are the Freemasons? The Freemasons can trace their roots to the Middle Ages in Europe, a time when most uh, craftsmen were organized into local guilds. Um, cathedral builders by nature of their profession. I don't want to bore you, but you can go up, look up Freemasons. Moving on. Um, number three. 
Because mind you, there wasn't a number one. The Illuminati. Number four, Skull and Bones. Hmm. Hell, I would not, a name like that, I wouldn't even join even if they had a blue collar club. <laughs> um, you don't want to join Skull and Bones? Hell no. <laughs> seeing something being sacrificed and a poor defenseless act. I thought we were going to build a bear. My thing is, are y'all trying to say, is that all that's going to be left of me? Is Skull and Bones? Because I'm going to pay. I think they're already telling you what you're in store for. <laughs> and the last one is Bilderberg. Build-a-bear? Yeah, Build-a-bear. I love Build-a-bear. That place I is could, awesome. I could, I could see my mother when she gets older going, talking about some of these, you know... <laughs> secret society she goes oh you know that now this will be me actually when you're having to raise me because i'm losing my mind is uh oh you know that group i was watching that documentary on that build a bird <laughs> on that build a bear build a bear and i'll be like build a bear sure we can go to build a bear <laughs> <laughs> i'll think you're talking about the story <laughs> you know what I'll say oh you know what back in the day <laughs> Nisi and I went on a little tour with SNL SWFL talk and um, we went to go and take a peek to see if we could take a peek inside the skulls and bones and um, <laughs> then we went over to build a bear peeked in on them see what they were up to <laughs> They were more like sacrifice than a bear. They weren't building it. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, even but you though... Know, but you know what's funny? I mean, I know we're talking about pet peeves and we've gotten off set, but who cares? Um, exactly. Uh, but you know, with these rich elite people, I think once you're in, and, and, and anybody that has any kind of moral values meaning like showing actual love and compassion for someone. I'm sure that sometimes you don't always know what you're in store for when you get to that level of success with that kind of passive income to the point to where you see things and you know you better not say shit because they can eliminate you. Because I, there's a story my mom told me. She said that Justin Bieber... You know how he's gotten kind of religious all of a sudden? I actively try to not follow him, but... Well, I'm not following... This is from my mother. But she said, you know, he's mm -hmm. gotten religious, right? And I'm one... My mom had a theory on this. And I'm thinking, damn, mom, you have some good theory ideas. She said she thinks that he probably got invited to one of those secret parties or whatever and saw something being done that he didn't find appropriate. You know, as a moral person, like say what you want about him. Yes, he's a jackass and a um, little know-it-all, like someone I want to punch in his face. But either way, I can look at him and think that's someone that does have a heart. That's someone mm -hmm. that does know a, a thing or two about morale. 
Well, and first think, of all, I mean, I they're he, all human beings. All, all celebrities are human beings, and we tend to forget that in this country. Yeah, and I think that he probably saw something, like my mom said, and he was like, uh-uh, I can't have any part of this. And I think it, I, and I think maybe he did witness something and feels guilty that he can't say anything because it could be his life, his family's life. You, you never know. You know what I'm saying? That maybe this oh yeah like at the you know at the risk of naming names I 100% agree with your mom and I, I really feel like there's a lot of folks in Hollywood that that happened to that they they were sort of you know based on their fame and their success or whatever that they were sort of invited into a room but kind of like psychology it, yeah but it's like when they didn't when they didn't uh, agree to or acquiesce to what was going on in that room, it one of those things where it's like you know, uh, uh, you know, join us or get out kind of thing, for lack of a better word. And when they saw something that they weren't comfortable with, they were like, "No, I'm, I'm good. I'm out." But as a result it led to you know certain things happening in, the, in their career because the folks that were in that room need to cover their tracks you know what i mean no exactly and and i don't believe without a shadow of a doubt that there are more men out there like that jeffrey epstein guy child when they finally did call themselves being like oh someone's going to prison of course it will be a woman and I'm sitting here going, where are the men that were involved in this? Where are her clients? We got Epstein on one end, and we got her as the kind of like, for lack of a better word, supplier mm-hmm. on the other end. Where are the recipients? Where are the clients? And what kills me is, look at, um, what was it? Um, Prince Andrew. Mm-hmm. They still haven't indicted him. And so, to my point, the wealthy can just do whatever they want. And it's scary mm-hmm. when you think about it. It is truly mm-hmm. scary. Because had that been you or I committing that kind of shit, oh, we would have been already tried, fried, and all, and, and going out to die, you know? And, and underneath the jail, yeah. But why, the jail. But, but why is it okay for these elitists to do that because of where we live exactly and I'm telling you it's it's greed and I'm starting to see the end the end of times and I and I've always thought people like that were crazy who talked that way like we're living in the end of times you know or, or these are the last days and but you know what there's some truth in that shit now that I'm older you know and I used to like make fun of those people that would prep for the end of the world and now I'm starting to think you know what that's not a bad idea because if you think about <laughs> it, look at COVID with the grocery store and toilet yes. paper I don't know what you read my mind water bottled water paper towels just child they could tell us tomorrow aliens are coming that walmart up the street will be cleared out 
That's what's so, funny. Like, so, we literally already know what to do. Hey, guys. So uh, the aliens are coming. And because of COVID, we all already know what to do. Head down to Walmart or the grocery store and uh, clear out the uh, toilet paper. Like, what a random thing to be concerned about. You know what I mean? What a random thing to be to be focused on. Like, oh, I got to make sure I have enough toilet paper for this. Like, who says that? I mean, my mom was like my supplier because she would find them like, I don't know. She found them out on the streets, you know, I mean, <laughs> like a drug dealer, like an OG, just out on the streets, getting toilet paper left and right. Sometimes it was some good shit, but sometimes it was bad shit. It just like you and that kid exchanging those uh, 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 Power Rangers or whatever they were. <laughs> it was the Bambi characters because I had so many of the damn skunk. And she had like five Bambies. So I needed the Bambi and she needed the skunk. So we met in the lobby of the church and did the trade then. The deal went down. And that and that was the moment that your mama learned how to how to trade for what's necessary. But you know what's but my point of this whole thing is that aliens could come down tomorrow. I'm not concerned about the aliens as I am how people are going to react. That's what I'm scared shitless of is people reacting. I would low-key at this point be happy to see an alien. At this point, I would be like, oh, thank goodness you're here. Listen, let me tell you what it's like because we need help. <laughs> like, just out of it would be the people here that I was more worried about than the aliens at this point. So, um, do you Uber? Because uh, mm -hmm. I need a lift, like ASAP, out of here. Yeah. Let me come with. The Earth is ghetto. I want to leave, just like that uh, that song that I sent you on YouTube the, that time. Uh, you uh, listening? Yes. YouTube, the Earth is ghetto. I want to leave. It's, it's it's so powerful and it's true. And you will laugh during a song. Not like laugh at the song, but you're laughing because it's like, this is so fucking true. Listening to the yeah. song, kind of like one of those moments where you laugh because you really thought you were the only one who thought that. And then you hear it and it's like, yes. Someone reading my mind. Yep. But that would have that was a big pet peeve of mine back then was that whole damn toilet paper ordeal. I don't get it. But you know, kind of going back to that point that you made about the money currency thing. You know, like when when people started to get get ahead, you know, it makes you wonder though. How much further are we going to go with this currency thing? I mean, how much further can we go with it? Everything that goes up eventually has to come down to some level. Yep. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Kind of like this episode where we need to come to a wrap. So, <laughs> I am Brody Mays, your host, here with the, with the young 29-year-old Nisi Green. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, we'll talk about my age later. Um, 
that was our show for tonight at SWFL Talk. And why? Because I am sure someone will freaking listen. Until next time, you guys take care. Have a good one. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.